0: This is a programming note. South by Southwest has been canceled. When we recorded this episode, it had not been canceled. Thank you.
1: Tom, are you okay?
0: I lost her. Her? She was going to be this epic trilogy-worthy character. I was going to be the hottest writer in Hollywood. But I can't get past Act One. You need
1: some writer's group therapy. Hello and welcome to Writers Group Therapy. I'm Tom. And I'm Roshni. We're writers helping writers. Are you ready for your session? The doctors are in. And if you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe. Share this with your friends. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. You can find us online at writersgrouptherapy.com and on Twitter and Instagram at WGTherapy. And individually?
0: I'm Tom Loveman on Twitter and Tom Loveman on Instagram and Twitch.
1: Awesome. And I'm at Moonlily Music on Instagram and at Roshni Lamino on Twitter. We've got a lot to talk about today. (laughs)
0: Yeah, you're you're going to be doing a lot of talking because we're going to be interviewing you. We're going to turn the tables on you and make you our guest today (laughs) to talk about your brand new, just out in the world uh, uh, narrative podcast, Expat. Yay. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. And so stick around until after our little news roundup uh, for that interview and to tease you. We're going to play just a really quick trailer for it so you can get a taste of what, what's coming.
1: Dating Owen has made me realize I am woefully ignorant about Irish people. I mean, other than drinking green beer every St. Patrick's Day, I know nothing about them. Although, Owen tells me that green beer is not a thing over there. Hey, Joe, what do you know about Irish culture? Um, every March 17th, we drink green beer. Why? This March 17th, love is in the air. Join me, Patsy Santos... And my boyfriend, Owen McClellan. Guys with accents are so hot. As we navigate our interracial and international romance, we're joined along the way by crazy co-workers. I totally have your number. Well-meaning but misguided families. <coughs> and accents. Lots and lots of accents.
0: Good night, Patsy. Hello,
1: Patsy. Good day, mate. <whistles> Oops. Just forget that last one. But don't forget Expat on March 17th, wherever you like to listen to podcasts see you then
0: all right yeah and more podcast news uh we are uh guests on sam gash's ideal remake podcast uh this month or this week uh or recently
1: (laughs) (laughs) that was a fun that was a fun discussion too so ideal remake uh is hosted by a writer sam gash and he likes to Have guests on to talk about movies from the past, if they should be remade and how.
0: Should they, will they, or have they been remade? Yeah, that's this little catchphrase. And we talked about um, Secret of My Success, which is Roshni's idea, but I actually love the movie. I actually owned it on videotape.
1: Hey, I love the movie too. (laughs) I
0: know you love the movie. Um, But, uh, you know, it was a really interesting discussion because, you know, that was in the 80s and the world is very different today. And so it was, uh, you know, in the world of Me Too and Being Woke, quite an interesting discussion. Yeah. So check that out. um, uh, Ideal Remake podcast on your favorite podcast platform.
1: Yep. Oh, my gosh.
0: We can talk about something that could shut down Hollywood, and it's not the writer's strike or a writer's strike.
1: It's pretty much shutting down Hollywood as we speak. The, The situation just keeps changing. my corona (laughs) coronavirus
0: (laughs) this is like this i swear this reminds me of i'm from ohio you're from michigan do you remember school closures for snow days where you sat there and watched the news and they ticked by all the schools that were closed and you waited for your school to be closed and
1: it never was
0: it never was yeah (laughs) yeah but i mean and that was kind of like a good way to have things closed this is not um something you want to have happen the latest things—I mean, so many things. The latest thing—the James Bond uh, new movie, uh, *No Time to Die*, has been pushed back from April to November because mm-hmm. of
1: this. Yep, and I think they already uh, shuttered filming on what the new Mission Impossible.
0: Yep, that one's that's already done. Gone. Um, new things. Uh, there's a new uh, Red Sea Film Festival in Saudi Arabia that has been postponed.
1: As of this recording, also Twitter and Facebook were thinking of. They might have already. Out of South by Southwest, and there's a petition going around to cancel South by Southwest. Which I know by the time this goes live, that will be in progress. So,
0: yeah, there are a couple companies that are already um, telling their employees not to travel if they don't have to. Um, it's like a, it's like the Nasdaq, basically: Google, Apple, Microsoft, Adobe, Facebook, Twitter, all companies, uh, Warner Media. Disney canceled their Disney Plus launch event for Europe. Actually, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, they're still going to launch, but they're just not going to have a big fancy event. And then I just heard that MIP TV, the big international TV market in France, um, which is at the end of March, beginning of April, has been uh, canceled as well. Wow!
1: And cities are declaring emergency situations. Los Angeles County just did. Yep. So. It's just kind of going crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, and if, if you want to go to Disney World or Disneyland in Tokyo or Shanghai, don't. They're closed <laughs> too. And no art for you in France. The yeah. Louvre is closed. So yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, and this is all preventative. It's not the end of the world that you can't do these things. It certainly has an economic impact. Yeah. It makes you one, you know, especially like in the film business, you know, productions are shutting down or being delayed and uh it affects actors and writers pilot seasons you know in full swing right now and i guess it's good that that's already in full swing because they're you know they're making their pilots right now so those should be done you know for the upfronts in may
1: unless your pilot is taking place overseas (laughs) True.
0: yeah um and if they have the upfronts in may you know that's a big thing where all the news media from all the entertainment outlets gets together and listens to the networks talk about their new shows and mm-hmm. they have the cast and the, and the directors there and the writers and it's a big deal and it's you know the kind of the coming out party for new tv shows although it's not as big as it used to be with so many new shows on streamers you're, you're having new shows being announced year around now
1: well all the news aside because like i said it's changing daily so obviously by the time so spoilers, guys, we do record some of this stuff in advance. So by the time this goes live, things will have changed again. But what we can talk about is what do you do if, as a writer, coronavirus or whatever crazy national worldwide emergency shuts things down in your city?
0: Yeah, seriously. I mean, at least writers, we can kind of work from home. You know, we can do virtual writers rooms, I suppose. Probably a little different. It's less about, I think, what the writers do and more about what the the cast and the crew, you know, if you have a whole studio shut down or if you film on location, you know, that can really play havoc with your shooting schedule.
1: Yeah. So we're in March right now. Let's assume that this thing keeps on going and doesn't die out, you know, in the summer heat. I mean, a lot of productions have already kind of pushed their stuff off to to the fall or beyond. You know, there's nothing you can't distribute in china right now no one's going to go to a theater that's a big market
0: well with the with the writers the writers negotiating with the studios um you know their new contract is up or their old contracts up so it's kind of funny and it's kind of funny ironic that um we were worried about a writer's strike when there might not be anybody writing or there might not be anything being produced uh, around the same time as that negotiation is supposed to happen
1: i mean you can write but if they're not buying it because they can't film it you're just going right. to have a stockpile of scripts. I would say right now, as things stand, here, if you're already in pre-production, film it right away. You know, I would film before May if you could, and if your production is supposed to be a little bit later, maybe just kind of hold and see what happens. Get travel insurance. Get all sort. Get whatever insurance you can. So if you need to cancel, you can get your money back for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely want uh, refundable tickets um if you're traveling yeah and most um production insurance has a you know um some sort of um postponement you know insurance that if you lose money because you have to push your production due to acts of god so to speak you're covered you know like if you had a hurricane in florida obviously that would mess up your production and that so was not your fault kind of yeah
1: and i would say too if you're in post right now and you're about to distribute depending on your market You know, obviously, if you're like, oh, I can just put it online or something, that's not a big deal. But like, let's say you are going to distribute in a film festival and they're like, no, it can't have aired anywhere beforehand. But the film festivals you wanted to do all canceled this year. You know, what do you do? Or you're going to distribute a thing nationwide in theaters and now all the theaters aren't are empty. So what do you do?
0: Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I'm sure they have uh, emergency plans in place for, you know, things like this. At least they should have plans. I mean, well, kind of, again, ironically, um, some of the networks were stocking up on scripts um, from writers um, working on current seasons for next season because of the potential writers' mm-hmm. strike. So in that respect, some of that work's already in the can um, or will be soon. The networks, actually, it's it's also interesting, the networks have ordered a lot less pilots than last uh, pr- last season or previous seasons. Because they're shifting so much focus to streaming, they're not ordering as many new shows for broadcast. Yeah. Streaming, they can do any time of the year. It's kind of an ongoing thing. But for the for this the traditional pilot season, kind of starting to lose its kick with fewer and fewer shows being done. Uh, for example, I read uh, ABC, uh, which is also 20th Century TV now um, because they're both owned by Disney. I can't keep track uh, did, anymore. They well Disney has six platforms they have to you know create content for them now, uh, for now. But um, last year they did thirty three pilots. This year only fourteen, wow. and almost all the other networks are uh, less, except for like Warner Brothers is is doing more because they've got a new um, HBO Max, their new streaming platform coming out. But all the others are are doing less pilots this year. Wow.
1: So who knows? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's already kind of it was already sort of iffy. And now thanks to coronavirus, it might be just obsolete for a while.
0: Well, it doesn't account for all the streaming networks, which are, are always looking for content and always developing because they're, you know, year round. So there's still, I mean, what is it? 450, 500 scripted shows uh, in production this year in the last season or whatever. Mm -hmm. So there's still plenty of writing to be done. It's just who's, who's writing it for what, what platforms, I guess, is the question. And that brings up, um, I thought this was interesting. NBC's Peacock streamer, um, which is coming up in, I guess, the near future here. They made a deal with A&E networks to get all their reality TV shows, which is kind of different because, you know, cable, basic cable networks kind of were always just cable networks.
1: Wow.
0: Um, they ha- They had their own apps, so you could like, you know, if you paid for cable, you could stream it on your phone or your iPad. But their their shows didn't really go, you know, too many other places. And now with this kind of this deal, I wonder if this is kind of the start of the the cable networks pairing off with the streamers, and s- instead of production companies, you know, licensing individual shows separately, this is like a network doing mm-hmm. it. Kind of. Well, FX is now FX is owned by Disney now, which owns Hulu, so they just announced all their stuffs going on Hulu too. So, there's a lot of shifting and, and moving going on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And speaking of shifting and moving, read an article recently about how they are bringing back a lot of reality TV.
0: Yes. It's, uh, again, because they're planning for a potential writer's strike in one respect, but then the cable networks are doing more reality and less scripted because, again, the scripted shows are going to streamers.
1: And it's cheaper.
0: Yeah, true. they they can afford it, whereas Netflix is like rolling in cash, and Disney obviously has billions from their Marvel movies to play with. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, I can't remember what the last count on Disney Plus was. I want to say sixty million, but that might be high. Oh wow, um, subscribers. Yeah. yeah, they they ramped up pretty fast. So I think that's high. Maybe it was twenty million. Yeah, but it's a lot. You know, and that's what Netflix does. They bring in their you know ten bucks a month from you know. Millions and millions of people, and they spend it on content, which is great for people who like content.
1: I mean, as a writer, you can still work on reality. Some of that stuff is scripted.
0: It is. And um, nice segue. Uh, That brings up a new uh, complaint by the Writers Guild of America East against NBC um, over closing down their, um, what was it? It's called Peacock Productions, I think. It's their uh, nonfiction reality documentary unit Mm -hmm. they said they were closing down production and they were just going to keep a few shows that were still in production going uh but then word came out that they were probably going to start a new in-house division to do kind of the same thing and the uh writers guild director um lowell peterson is his name basically just came out and asked the question are they trying to bust the union by doing this you close it down here open up there with non-union people and suddenly, you know, it, it's kind of a runaround. So there's, they're just asking for more information at this mm-hmm. point to kind of clarify it. But if it turns out that's kind of what they're doing, then there's going to be a big, big fight over that. Reality TV really wasn't um, represented by the unions until. Um, 2000, I think 16 is when they got their representation. But 2014, 2016 is around when the reality writers kind of got covered under the WGA um agreement. You know, it's kind of like, oh, that's kind of the reaction to that. Like, oh, we're gonna now try to do it non union. Which
1: that is an interesting fact. I did not even know that until you just said it now. But if you think about it, they finally got their representation in 2016. And I feel like in the last couple years we've had the pendulum swing back where it's back to like scripted as king versus reality. So hmm, interesting.
0: Well it's kind of like, you know, we talk about animation a lot. Those writers are not uncovered on the same contract as scripted people think the writer's guild is everything but it's not it's it depends what you know branch you're in or what what type of work you're doing Hmm. wow that's a lot
1: (laughs) there's a lot of news
0: okay roshni uh you are no longer the co-host of writers group therapy you are (laughs) yeah interview you um This is Roshni Lomino, the creator and writer of Expat, a brand new scripted comedy podcast about a guy, a girl, two different countries, two different cultures, and an ocean of craziness. It debuts appropriately today, St. Patrick's Day, um, because it tells the story of an Asian-American woman and her Irish boyfriend and their families. Yay! (laughs) Ta-da! You've been working on this for months.
1: Oh my goodness! Yeah, I mean, from start to finish, last July till now—so little under a year.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's start at the beginning. Um, okay. Tell us a little bit about Expat. Uh, you know, what's it about, and who are the the main characters we're going to meet on this exciting, fun podcast?
1: Well, it's about a guy, a girl. I'm just kidding. I'm like you already said it. No. So it's loosely based off of my life because a lot of my writing is. So it's about uh, my husband and I before, you know, we started, not before we started, let me go back. Okay, Um, so it's loosely based on my life and my relationship with my husband. A lot of the events that happen in the podcast actually happened in real life. Patsy, I guess I'm a little bit like her. I can be a little bit scatterbrained. And Owen is a lot like my husband with the dad jokes and he's very like even keel and stuff like that. And I wanted to do a comedy podcast. I want to do something scripted. I didn't really have a lot of ideas. I actually had something from before based on my time in the Christian music industry. And then when I went back, actually I think you and I chatted because I was like pitching it to you and Like, some things just weren't relevant anymore. Like, the Christian music industry isn't really as big as it was back when I was in it. So I was like, oh, maybe people won't relate to that. But people can always relate to relationship issues.
0: It's very common. People have them all the time. At least that's what I'm told.
1: (laughs) You have relationships. Everyone is in relation to somebody. Yes. Whether it's romantic or not.
0: The characters um, are possibly related to, uh, you know, representing people in real life. Um, How did those people feel about you doing a podcast? How did your husband react to you saying, I'm going to do a podcast about us?
1: Oh, he loves it. And really, the only characters that are reflective are Patsy and Owen, which are the main guy and main girl. Everybody else is just sort of made up. So They're really, I mean, they might have bits and pieces of people, which I think a lot of writers do, but nobody, you know, I've, I haven't had a roommate in years, but I've have a roommate in this, you know, and she's my best friend and she's super sassy and, you know, doesn't take, uh, what's, what's the word? Doesn't take any, um, any guff. I don't, (laughs) I don't, I don't have a person like that in my life. I have people who have bits and pieces of that in my life. I don't have one who's like encapsulated in one person. Sounds a
0: little more like you. (laughs)
1: Maybe. You know, what's really funny, too, is when I was interviewing the cast members for our Patreon, I didn't realize until the girl playing Joanna, her name is Emma, she said in the interview, so I guess this is a slight spoiler, but Patsy's best friend and roommate, Joanna, is a wedding planner. She's Kind of, you know, serial dating, trying to find, like, the one. She has all of these fun, like, crazy dating adventures. Whereas Patsy ends up in a serious relationship right off the bat. And Emma kind of pointed out in her interview that Joanna sort of fits the romantic comedy trope. Down to the fact that she's a wedding planner. And I Mm -hmm. thought, oh my gosh, she's right. Like, in a weird way, it should, if I was following conventional romantic comedy formula Joanna should be the lead because of who she is what she does in her lifestyle but instead I've made these people in a serious relationship the lead because when I was writing it with rom-com usually the question is will they or won't they and when they do get together that's the end of the show or the end of the movie but my question with this was always not will they or won't they but how do they how do they make this relationship work they're from two different countries their families you know are from two different cultures, they, you know, they're a guy and a girl and guys and girls have different ways of communicating. So how do they make it work? I never had that thought of will they or won't they?
0: So it seems it's more like, um, what's the show with Helen Hunt and Paul Reiser? The
1: Oh, mad Mad about about you. Yeah, Yeah,
0: they were a couple the whole time. So Mm -hmm. I mean, did you watch that? Was that in any way inspirational to you? Or were there any other shows that were?
1: I remember seeing Mad About You a long time ago when I was a kid. I didn't follow it that much. Yeah, I do remember, and I think if I had to say this is kind of modeled off of anything, I'd say Dharma and Greg. Oh. do you remember Dharma and Greg? Mm-hmm. And he's very straight laced, and she's very like woohoo, and they're like. I kind of feel like Patsy and Owen are echoes of that, where like Patsy can be a little like scatterbrain she's very set in her ways and to the point where like hilarity ensues because i want what i want and i have tunnel vision on this thing and owen's very like laid back and like chill and stuff like that and so i i, I don't know i just thought of darman gregg like as my kind of yeah inspiration on that
0: you know i'm trying to write some comedy and i find it terrifyingly hard <laughs> uh, but you've written comedy you've performed comedy how do you, how how do you feel? Do you feel comfortable writing that? And what's your, what's your process like? How did that go for you?
1: I love comedy. I really do. I mean, when I came out here to do acting, that was like my thing. I'm like, I can do drama. Like obviously, you know, give me a scene and I can interpret it and read it for you. But comedy is where I feel comfortable and writing comedy coming up with the concepts. Wasn't hard but writing comedy and not being stiff about it like i have to have the rule of 3 you know this has to happen to me comedy just comes out of natural occurrences things are funny because normal things happen and then people take it to the extreme in how they react to those things or how they handle those things you know going to the grocery store is a normal thing but like filling your cart with like all the cereal because you're worried that someone's going to buy out cocoa puffs and it's like your favorite thing and you'll die without it every morning. That's funny. You know what I mean? But it's a normal thing to just go to the store. So I think that's where my comedy writing has evolved because I think before I used to try too hard to be funny and now it just sort of, that's funny. Let's write about that.
0: So so yours is more of a slice of life, uh, the humor of life in general, not the set up joke, set up joke kind of, you know, you're not, you're doing more modern family and less friends.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I like friends. I mean, I grew up when sitcoms were king and everything's like a yuck, yuck, you know, kind of thing. So I get that kind and I like clean humor. Like I get that kind of humor. I think now the way comedy has evolved and- honestly, like you were saying slice of life, a lot of things that happen in this podcast actually happened in real life. And yeah. when I was working with Amanda, the director, Amanda Sunshine, she would read my scripts and she would give me notes. And so we would go back and forth, you know, and do like, you know, five, six, seven passes on a script. And she would say to me, did this really happen? This seems a little bit weird. And I was like, yeah, because it happened to me.
0: What's the weirdest thing? Oh, it might be spoiler, but Didn't you have an accident that playing dodgeball or something?
1: So in one of the episodes, not not today's episode, in a future one, that does come up. And in real life, it actually happened. I sprained my ankle in real life playing dodgeball. That's not how it happens in the script. But this is
0: why adults shouldn't play dodgeball.
1: (laughs) I sprained my ankle my first season with my league. And right on the heels of that, my new boyfriend, who is now my husband, and I were going to go on a trip to one of the hilliest cities in the country. And so I'm crutching around. I've never used crutches. And it was just, you know, we it was a road trip. And so I'm in the car with my foot propped up and there's traffic and we survived it. It made us stronger.
0: Yeah, well, at least, yeah, you made the plans, So you might as well go on the trip. But that that would obviously lead to a lot of funny things, you know, kind of laughing about, you know, your crisis along the way, kind of.
1: Yeah. And it was funny because it was something that was actually a situation that when Amanda read it, she's like, "Okay, if her sprain is so bad, why are they still going on this trip? Why aren't they flying? I'm like, I don't know. That's what we did in real life. (laughs) You know, so to me, it was normal.
0: Like we talked about this being a pretty long production, and I know you're even still editing as we talk. Looking back um, on the production process, what were some of the challenges? What were some of the surprises, good or bad, that happened in the production?
1: Well, one of the nice things about doing a podcast is there's less moving parts. So I didn't have to hire wardrobe. I didn't have to hire a makeup person, you know, things like that. I didn't need a DP. I didn't need a focus puller because you don't need that stuff. So it's definitely cheaper and it goes faster. Than when you have more people to coordinate. Um, I think the biggest challenge was in the writing because, as writers, we're often told write the pilot, write the show bible, but you don't need to write the rest of the series because you're pitching it. So why would you waste your time writing the other se- you know the other shows in the series? And you'll have right. a writer's room to help you out with that. So just write the pilot, write the show bible, you're done. And so here I am writing a series of six episodes, 30 minutes each, and I had to think long picture because now I'm writing everything. And one thing that was really interesting about the process, which I'm very grateful to Amanda for pushing me in this direction, she would say, okay, just write an episode, send it to me, and start writing the next one. I'll give you back my notes, you know, and and you tweak as you go, but write everything don't wait for me to give you notes on episode one and we finish it and then you move on to two like just get everything done and it was kind of frenetic for two months because I was like what episode am I in But it was interesting because it helps me with the long arc of the story and with the characters' arcs. It helped me do callbacks to previous episodes. So like in episode six, episode five, there's callbacks to earlier episodes. And it even changed. I had outlined my six episodes and I thought I was going to do certain things. And then I realized I can't do that because that's silly. So as an example, one of the episodes involves a surprise for the main character. I was also going to have them at a haunted hotel as a surprise for one of the characters. And I thought I cannot have two surprise episodes back to back. That's weird. And it just worked so much better the way it actually came out that I was like, well, I'll just have to kind of put this idea aside for later on because I can't it doesn't make sense.
0: Right. And and you're also planning long-term for hopefully multiple seasons, right?
1: Yes. Yes. I've already started outlining for season two, deciding what characters I want to bring in. I want to do like middle, little mini-sodes in between seasons, focusing on other characters. So Patsy and Owen are the people we follow the most, but everybody else in their orbit is such a character that I think it'd be so much fun to show what's going on in their personal and professional lives in addition to the main characters
0: cool so uh the first episode is out today on all the different platforms i assume
1: everywhere you listen to podcasts
0: great and if they want to learn more about the podcast where should they go
1: you can go to expat the show.com you can also find us on instagram and twitter at expat the show and obviously itunes spotify uh what else stitcher iHeartRadio, everywhere you listen to podcasts, tune in, everything. Wherever you are listening to this podcast, you can go find Expat.
0: And we'll link to it in the notes, of course. (laughs) Great. Well, thanks for uh, being my guest today, Rajni. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening, everyone. Make sure uh, if you like the show, you share it with your friends. Uh, Give us a review, five stars, hopefully on iTunes or whatever platform you're on. And remember to follow us online and we'll see you next time. Thanks.